Hello, my Rebels. Today, a bit of a surprise. Well, not a surprise, really. We knew it was coming. Jason Kenney wiped out all the lockdown cheaters in his caucus. He tried to avoid it. Uh, he had a press conference where he took an enormous amount of heat, and he knew he had to scorch the earth to get out of it. He fired so many cabinet ministers, caucus members, and even his own chief of staff. We'll tell you how it happened, and we'll show you what we're up to next, because we've got a naughty and nice list and there's still a lot more politicians on the naughty side. Before I get to the today's podcast, let me invite you to become a subscriber to what we call Rebel News Plus. It's basically the video version of this podcast. It's eight bucks a month, which goes down if you buy a year in advance. It's only 80 bucks for the whole year. You get this show, video version, plus Sheila Gunn-Reed does a weekly show and David Menzies too. I think it's worth the eight bucks a month. And you know what? We rely on it because we don't take any money from Trudeau and it shows. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, the people turn against the lockdown bullies. It's January 4th, 2021, and you're watching The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hello and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your Christmas or Hanukkah vacation. It was very stressful for many people, but I put it to you that whatever you did over your lockdown Christmas, it wasn't as stressful as this. Take a look at this two-minute video clip from Gatineau, Quebec. Okay. 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 Okay.
Just a shocking video. According to the Journal de Montréal, it was a neighbor who snitched on this family for having a quiet dinner in with a grand total of six people in the house. Well, there were six police dispatched to the scene, violently pulling a man out of the building, forcing him face down in the snow and the asphalt. You'll notice the police themselves were not all wearing masks. The shouting, the screaming, literally pulling a man out of his house. They did not have a search warrant, if you wonder. I put it to you that if that video were not in French and English as it was, but rather if it were in Chinese or the Persian language Farsi, if that video came to us from China or Iran, we would call it evidence of a police state of brutality. Well, my friends, this wasn't from there. This was from Canada. It's now January 4th. That video came out on New Year's Eve, and I have yet to see a single politician speak out against this. Granted, I'm not following the French language politicians, but where is the rest of the civil libertarians? Where are the opposition parties whose duty it is to oppose? I grant you that this happened in Gatineau, Quebec, but it's similar things across the country, whether it's threatening to taser a young man on a skating rink in Calgary or simply slapping a company-destroying fine on a small business. People are starting to get upset. This video from Gatineau was so shocking, I tweeted it, and take a look at this. This may not mean anything to you, but according to Twitter analytics, my one tweet was seen more than 10 million times in my 10 years on that time-wasting social app. I've never had a tweet seen by 10 million people before. Even Donald Trump Jr. retweeted it as a cautionary tale. Imagine that. Well, the Gatineau police they made excuses for their officers, that's the instinct of all police, and their excuses falling apart, saying that, well, they didn't have time to put a mask, and their police were assaulted so badly they had to fight back. No, people weren't buying it. And so during this period, when we were watching these shocking videos that had come home, people started to ask, where are our politicians? Has anyone seen Justin Trudeau lately? Has anyone seen Jagmeet Singh lately? Has anyone seen any of the fancy people who are part of the ruling class locking us down lately? The police chief that ordered this police misconduct, where is he over this cold, dreary Christmas? Christmases in Canada can be cold and dreary anyways, but add the lockdowns, not able to visit family, not able to go to restaurants. And people started making inquiries about what politicians were traveling where. Not because we're anti-travel, but because, as the politicians always said, are we really all in this together? And names started to be smoked out from people who were perhaps careless about their sneaky plans. And that's the first thing I want to tell you. Every politician who left Canada during the lockdown, these are the lockdown implementers, Every single one of them themselves tried to misdirect or fake the fact, 
fake that they were still here where they were gone. Rod Phillips, the former finance minister of Ontario, did that with a deceptive broadcast, pretending that he was in Canada on Christmas. And so it was with Tracy Allard, the municipal affairs minister of Alberta, someone with very little political track record, a first-term MLA from Grand Prairie. She thought she's had such an exhausting year that she jetted off to Hawaii. Now, I have no problem with jetting off anywhere or to Hawaii. I do know that we're told not to engage in, quote, non-essential travel by both provincial and federal governments. And from a practical point of view, even if I chose to go to Hawaii, I'd have to quarantine for two weeks upon my return. Who could afford a vacation plus a two-week quarantine other than the ruling class that gets paid no matter what? The political class, the bureaucracy class. I'd love to go to Hawaii myself, but I can't take a vacation plus a two-week added-on vacation. No one real can do that. Imagine a cabinet minister enforcing an emergency lockdown, thinking things were so non-emergent that she could just scupper off to Hawaii. Well, pressure started to build, and on New Year's Day, Jason Kenney, the premier himself, did something quite odd. He had a press conference where he was the star, not Tracy Allard, the disgraced cabinet minister, whose excuse was, well, it's a family tradition. Don't you see how important this family tradition is? We all have our family traditions, Tracy, and we've all had to give quite a few of them up. For some reason, Jason Kenney, rather than putting out a press statement firing her, rather than making her face the cameras, as Rod Phillips did in Ontario, Jason Kenney himself had a press conference. Now, the first thing he said was quite thoughtful. He said, we shouldn't lock down the travel industry. We can travel safely. And there are ways to do it. And it's so important for our Alberta economy because of WestJet. Here's part of that. All of this is to say that Alberta has sought to support and facilitate safe travel during the COVID era. We've done so as part of our effort to protect both lives and livelihoods. Completely shutting down travel would result not only in tens of thousands of more job losses, but would likely result in the financial collapse of Canada's airline industry, which is essential, an essential part of a modern economy. For Alberta, Alberta that is particularly the case for WestJet. If all or almost all travel was to be suspended, I do not believe that WestJet could survive. And the failure of that company would frankly be a catastrophe for Alberta's economy and for our prospects of recovery and economic diversification in the future. I agree completely. In fact, I think that there are too many restrictions on travel. There's no need for many of the rules against planes. And by the way, once you're on a plane, you can take your mask off and have a drink of water or coffee or peanuts or whatever. I mean, the idea that you have to go through social distancing and wear masks, but then you take it off for an hour, it's ridiculous. But I agree with him on the travel, but that really wasn't the point. No one's against Hawaii. No one's against travel. People are against lockdown brutalizers, then skipping town to avoid their own lockdown. They're against ministers who shut down restaurants in Alberta going to restaurants in Waikiki instead. And here's where Jason Kenney went off the rails. He said it was sort of his fault that he didn't make this clear enough to his own people. Here, take a look. This past Tuesday afternoon, I became aware that Minister of Municipal Affairs Tracy Allard had traveled to the United States before Christmas. 
I immediately contacted the minister and asked her to return to Alberta, which she did immediately, arriving back yesterday morning. I should be clear that while away, Minister Allard continued to work on her important responsibilities. I was on calls and participated in virtual cabinet committee meetings in recent days in which she was an active participant. I've also become aware that a few MLAs, political staff and senior government officials have traveled abroad in recent weeks. In doing so, uh, I'm assured that they have complied with all relevant public health orders and legal requirements. Nevertheless, I recognize that those of us in positions of public trust must maintain a higher standard in our uh, personal conduct than is expected of the folks in the, in the general population, in the general community. And here I take responsibility for not having clearly set out or, or communicated a policy against international travel for senior decision makers in government. I should have done so. To be blunt, I'm not in the habit of tracking or regulating what the people who work for me do on their personal time. I believe that these individuals acted in what they believe to be good faith, have complied with the legal requirements, including the COVID public health orders. But for those of us in leadership, I acknowledge that is not good enough. We should be here at home, plain and simple, if we carry a position of public trust. Oh, the press were enraged, not just the leftist media party that always hates Jason Kenney, but conservatives like our friend Rick Bell of the Calgary Sun. No one could believe the tone deafness to it. And in my mind, it's because even the United Conservative Party, which I put it to you as Canada's most conservative provincial government, even they live in a capital city surrounded by the ruling class, by government bureaucrats, by people who love the lockdown at worst, they just stay home and watch Netflix while collecting their paycheck. So I think that there is a disconnect between the rage felt by small businesses, working class people, people whose lives have been negatively impacted by the lockdown, and the ruling class that said, oh yeah, go off to Hawaii. We had set up a website called fireallard.com and we were making campaign plans. In fact, over the weekend, I reached out to the largest radio station in Grand Prairie, Alberta, where we happen to have more than 3,000 rebel supporters. We were gonna get radio ads, we were gonna get billboards, we were gonna do lawn signs. I thought that Jason Kenney was gonna pull the plug on Tracy Allard on uh, January 1st, but he didn't. He let the wound fester for three full days. And then today, a bloodletting of the sort I haven't seen, well, actually in memory, Jason Kenney sacking every single one of his caucus who took foreign trips. Tracy Allard was just the beginning of it. Others were stripped of their cabinet and even committee positions. And most stinging of all, Jason Kenney sacked his own chief of staff. Let me read a little bit from his release. And this time, Kenney wisely put out a statement in writing rather than subjecting himself to the punching bags of the media. Kenney said, Albertans have every right to expect the people in positions of public trust be held to a higher standard of conduct during COVID-19. Over the weekend, I have listened to Albertans who are sending a clear message that they want real consequences to these actions. Oh, and I have not seen consequences like these in a long time. Sacking a cabinet minister, sure. Demoting more than half a dozen, that's quite something in one move. But losing his own chief of staff, that's the one painful part of this for Jason Kenney. 
But I think he's proven that he will not accept this lower ethical standard. I say again, there's nothing wrong with going to Hawaii. Nothing wrong with wanting a vacation. Nothing wrong with wanting to go to a restaurant. I want all those things too. The difference is when you are the jailer of the community, you can't then escape from your own jail and go off to some paradise. Over the weekend, it was made even more difficult for Jason Kenney by the fact that Justin Trudeau, well, he took a bit of a different media management approach. He found out which of his MPs had been traveling overseas, and he made them resign, not in press conferences, but in little statements on Facebook and Twitter. Trudeau didn't get involved with the mess of it. He put the mess on the MPs. One after the other, they all resigned. He let the air out of the balloon first before the media could do it to him. Kenny knew he had to act. If corrupt Lebranos like Justin Trudeau do the right thing on this, well, Jason Kenney certainly had to, and that's what happened today. I should tell you, at the same time we put up a website for fireallard.com, we heard about another cabinet minister, this one in Saskatchewan, the minister for highways, Joe Hargrave, who had an even more laughable excuse. Tracy Allard said, well, it's a family tradition to go to Hawaii. We've been doing it for 17 years. Well, Joe Hargrave didn't even come up with that. He said he went down to Palm Springs over Christmas to do an important business deal, selling his property. But already there's cracks forming in that story. And CTV today shows that, in fact, when he went down to Palm Springs, his house was not yet even for sale, according to public records. I think Joe Hargrave is telling a porky. It'll be interesting to see if he sticks around. If you want to sign our petition, go to firehargrave.com. If he's not sacked by Premier Scott Moe by tomorrow, we're going to ramp up our campaign that was aimed at Tracy Allard, and we're going to deploy it to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. By the way, for those of you who follow us closely, you'll know that the church in Prince Albert, the big church that ministers especially to Aboriginal people, that does some incredible social work, that church has been hit with a $14,000 lockdown fine, the largest in Canada. Imagine the disconnect between Prince Albert and the church getting hit with a $14,000 fine while the cabinet minister enforcing the lockdown jets off to Palm Springs. That cannot stand. And if Scott Moe doesn't do the right thing by tomorrow, we're going to deploy on the ground there. We have lots of supporters in Prince Albert who I think We'll see the irony here, even if Joe uh, Hargrave doesn't. I note that uh, Doug Ford still has a few lingering problems. His deputy chief of staff was in Miami over the lockdown. His spokesman was traveling within Canada. I wonder if he will be held to a higher account. I note that in Manitoba, Brian Pallister, his right-hand man, well, he made the front page of the Winnipeg Free Press today because he went to visit his family across the country. Look, rules for me and not for thee. I'm fine with visiting family and friends and doing whatever you want on your private time, but don't throw the rest of us in jail for it. The liberals, they're smarter than these conservatives. They're getting out of it quickly, aren't they? They're not having splashy press conferences to be eaten alive. But let me leave you with this. If you are a small business person or just a private citizen anywhere in Canada, and from now forward, well, I mean, in the past as well, if you have been hit with a fine, an arrest, a ticket for breaking the lockdown, while one after the other politician confesses to breaking the lockdown, I hope you'll go to fightthefines.com. Just today, we had a big meeting with a bunch of lawyers and paralegals and journalists, 
And we're going to ramp up our campaign because for any Canadian to be hit with a lockdown fine, after what we've seen from Tracy Allard and Joe Hargrave and Rod Phillips and the rest of them, for any ordinary citizen to be slapped with a $1,000 fine is an outrage, and we will defend them all. Go to fightthefines.com if you have one, or if you know of someone, go to fightthefines.com and have them fill out our form. All right, that's my monologue for today. Up next, my friend Spencer Fernando. Now, you're going to notice something. I recorded this interview with Spencer earlier today before I had a haircut. So please forgive my bushy hair for the next 15 minutes. Here's Spencer. Well, there's so many levels uh, to what's wrong about these lockdown cheaters. And by the way, if you have your family over, if you want to live your life, if you want to open your business, I do not consider you to be a lockdown cheater because you did not impose these brutal lockdowns on the community. They were done by the ruling class, by politicians claiming there to be an emergency. So if your jailer, if your prison warden, if the one who is using these emergency powers in an unprecedented way to stop you from traveling, visiting people, going to a restaurant, if that person who wields that weapon then gives themselves a secret get-out-of-jail-free card, a secret excuse to go to Hawaii or Las Vegas, to go to restaurants, to live life on a beach while jailing the rest of us, that is a lockdown cheater. And let me now bring in our friend Spencer Fernando, who has an excellent article about this. I encourage you to visit spencerfernando.com. Here's the headline. While politicians travel the world on the taxpayer's dime, police acting on political orders raid home where family was gathered. And joining us now is Spencer Fernando. When I saw that video, Spencer, well, first of all, Happy New Year. Good to see you. And I know you're joining us from snowy Winnipeg and not some gorgeous beach in Costa Rica. Um, When I saw that video of the house raid in Gatineau, Quebec, I thought if that were in the Chinese language or in the Persian language, we would be outraged at how they do things in China or Iran or under Vladimir Putin's Russia. But that was in Gatineau, Quebec. That was in Canada. That's happening here. Police without a warrant, busting in someone's home because there's six people, dragging them out on the street, putting them on the ground, arresting them. That is happening here. Yeah, again, you know, it's one of the many things that if you told people a year ago what was going to happen, I don't think people would believe it. It would have sounded crazy. But yeah, this is something you expect to see in an authoritarian state, not a democratic country. And it's made all the worse by the fact that these politicians are flying around the world on the taxpayer's dime. And they're living it up. And then they, they impose these orders on us and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to send the police after you. We're going to punish you. We're going to fine you. We're going to insult you. We're going to talk down to you. And then they go fly away to places where many of those lockdowns don't really exist the same way. Yeah. I mean, in Alberta, where I'm originally from, Tracy Allard said, well, we have a wonderful tradition of going to Hawaii every year. 
It wouldn't, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be so nice if police busted in her into her Hawaiian home and did that to her. So she, now I, I know that she's not responsible for the police in Gatineau, but every province and territory in Canada has a similar approach to lockdown. It's the ruling class. Let me throw one more thing at you, Spencer. There's a two-week uh, quarantine when you get back. So anyone who can go on a vacation, let's say you go for one week to Hawaii or one week down to Florida. Okay, it's a nice vacation. Well, now you got to spend two weeks at home when you get back. So you've got to be part of that ruling class because most people don't have an extra two weeks of vacation time they can burn up to go on a vacation. So it truly is this ruling class of politicians and bureaucrats who are loving the lockdown. They're actually, in many ways, the only ones who can go on vacation while the rest of us can't. Yeah, and you know it's you know you know talk about Tracy Allard talking about her uh, her tradition. Well, the government has told everyone to give up all their traditions, right? Oh, you you meet every year for Christmas. Oh, sorry, Christmas is canceled this year. You can't do that. So just the the tone deafness of all of this, and then you see, I mean, this is you know I think we'll probably talk about it, but we saw in uh, Manitoba here in Manitoba, you know, with the top bureaucrat David McLaughlin or top advisor to Pallister. He was given permission to travel to Ottawa during the Christmas break and then uh, an exemption from quarantine requirements when he comes back home. So these are supposedly conservative governments that are supposed to be limited government, respect individual rights, respect taxpayers, and they're acting just as bad as liberals. Well, that's the crazy thing is I was completely certain in my bones that when Jason Kenney had his New Year's Day press conference to address the case of Tracy Allard jetting off to Hawaii. And by the way, she posted a deceptive Christmas video of herself that was tagged as if she was still in Alberta. I don't <laughs> think that was a coincidence. So Jason Kenny having this... Emer- Who among us has not made the mistake of accidentally tagging a preloaded tweet while we're off in the Caribbean or somewhere else. I mean, it happens to everybody. Yeah, you're right. I was so certain that Jason Kenny, who I know pretty well, who used to be the head of the Taxpayers Federation, who used to take on, you know, politicians for living that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I was sure he was going to sack her. And the thing is, Spencer, um, Justin Trudeau has sacked a number of MPs from positions. Jagmeet Singh has fired Nikki Ashton, uh, who's an opposition yep. NDP MP, from a critic portfolio. So... The parties of the left, who I think are ethically challenged, even they know that they have to show some uh, remorse here. They have to discipline their world travelers. If Justin Trudeau is making a junior cabinet minister resign and Jason Kenney doesn't, that's what's boggling to me. I thought Mm -hmm. he would be cleaner than clean on this stuff. I don't know why he's incurring this PR wrath. It's not his fault. He didn't go to Hawaii. I don't know why he's incurring such a bloody nose on behalf of some first-term MLA cabinet minister who I don't think one in a hundred Albertans has heard of. Why is he torching his reputation for her? Well, now it's up to, I think, 11 who have left. Uh, So I think it's getting to the point where you know, people would say, okay, if you fire her, then you've got to punish the rest of them, right? So he's probably thinking, well, I can't do that. I'll lose too much support. He should do that, obviously. He should punish everybody. But uh, he's probably scared he's going to lose too much caucus support or something. Mm-hmm. And then the weird thing is I'm, I'm seeing some of them talk about this almost as if it's it's like a principle, right? Like, oh, 
well, we believe people have the freedom to travel. Well, that's very nice. But I mean, if you believe people have the freedom to travel, shouldn't you also be, you know, defending the freedom to, oh, let's say, open up your business or meet with your family or gather with people if you freely choose to do that? So it's this double standard of, oh, we're totally defending the ironclad right to travel around the world. Oh, but when it comes to freedom within your own country, no, sorry, you're totally locked down. So again, it's very odd that his principle only kind of rears its head when it comes to defending uh, the privileges of other politicians. Yeah, and by the way, I'm completely pro-travel too. I, I haven't been to Hawaii in years, but I would absolutely love to go. I bet there's a lot of mm -hmm. deals now because so few <laughs> people are traveling. But um, not only is the quarantine in effect that I mentioned, but guidance from the federal and the provincial government says, do not engage in non-essential travel. And uh, even one of our, two of our staff, three of our staff, who traveled for, for work, for journalism, they were sentenced to two weeks at home in quarantine. So they really mean it. So and that's the thing, it's the hypocrisy. You can't have the person who's brutally enforcing the rules on the rest of us then avail themselves of the travel. I am pro-travel. I say lift more restrictions, don't, but that's the thing, these folks can't have it both ways. Let me ask you, um, do you think that in the wake of all these lockdown cheaters, and again, I'm not calling ordinary citizens lockdown cheaters. I'm calling the enforcers of the lockdown who then cheat. I'm calling them the cheaters. Do you think that will loosen up enforcement against the regular Joe? Like, does Jason Kenney's government or any other government really have the moral authority to crack down on a restaurant that opens up now, now that we know that they're sneaking off to restaurants in Vegas or Hawaii? Well, I don't think they have the moral authority to do it, but I suspect they will continue to do so. I think if anything, we're seeing that, you know, across the political spectrum and including many conservatives who we thought would be better. Uh, it's just total hypocrisy. They're all on team politician, not team the rest of us. Right. We're all in it together. Well, I guess they were talking about themselves and their other politicians, not us. So, you know, I would suspect they're going to continue being hypocrites. Uh, they haven't really faced any punishment. They don't seem to be really afraid of what the public's going to do in terms of getting rid of them. I mean, you don't see the uh, you know you don't see the UCP talking much about recall legislation lately, yeah. right? They, that's off their website. They're not talking about that. So, I think they're just going to continue. Uh, they're just going to continue being hypocrites and hope that when vaccines get rolled out, that people will forget about all this and we'll go back to normal. But I don't think people are going to forget, especially conservatives. I think I, I think conservative parties are really underestimating how many conservatives in the country feel betrayed by the people who are supposed to represent them. And I don't think that's going to be forgotten. Anymore. I think you're right. You know, I mean, I, I think Jason Kenney is my favorite premier. Uh, I say that not just personally, but politically. I think Alberta is my favorite province, even though I live in Ontario. It's my home. It's where I, I come from. And I like its spirit. And I think that by criticizing Tracy Allard and the other cheaters, I, I think that that's a healthy criticism that has to be brought by conservatives two parties that have the word conservative in their name. And I don't think the right approach, certainly not for a journalist like us and for yourself, is to bite our tongues because it's our side. In fact, that's mm -hmm. where we have to prove that we're principled. You, and I mean, you're one of the few independent journalists out there, um, and our friends at the True North, for example, we have to be the keepers of the flame when conservative parties go off the rails. Otherwise, we have no credibility when we go after the liberals. And by the mm -hmm. way, what's the point of having a conservative party that acts like a Trudeau party? So that's my thinking. Last word to you, Spencer. 
Yeah, I agree. I think independent media has actually really raised its credibility in the last few days, uh, seeing how it's going after. It goes after everybody, right? I mean, that's the whole point. I spend most of my time going after Trudeau, but right now Trudeau's not in the news that much. It's, you know, conservative parties acting like, like hypocrites, and that's what needs to be covered, and that's what needs to be criticized. So again, as you say, you don't have any credibility if you only criticize one side and then let other people get away with the same thing. So I think it's been good for independent media to show that it really is credible, unlike the establishment media. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, Spencer, you're one of the best, and I frequently visit your site, SpencerFernando.com. I'd encourage all of my viewers to do the same. Thanks for your time today. Keep up the fight out west, okay? All right, take care. All right, there you have it, Spencer Fernando. Stay with us. I believe that this lockdown is the greatest civil liberties crisis in Canada other than the internment camps of Japanese Canadians during the Second World War and, I think you can make the case, other than the Indian Act, which continues to violate the civil liberties of status Indians. Other than those two racist documents that limit people's uh, civil rights, I think the lockdown today is the greatest infringement on our property rights, our mobility rights, our expression rights, our rights of assembly and association. I think it's outrageous. And I see that not a single opposition party in the country is standing against it. And I see not a single civil liberties group standing up against it other than the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, our friend John Carpe. To me, that is the issue of 2021. Not the virus. We'll learn to live with the virus as we do with the flu season every year. The problem of 2021 is standing up for civil liberties when the world won't. Our petition at fireallard.com helped give a nudge to Jason Kenney to do the right thing after he resisted for three days. We have to fight for civil liberties because I believe in many ways the opposition parties in this country, and federally too, have failed to do their constitutional job of opposing. That's their title, official opposition, so oppose already. They're not opposing, and we need opposition. That videotape out of Gatineau, Quebec, should have turned your stomach. For 48 years, I've been a pro-police advocate, almost fanatic. I can't even say that anymore, because to me, I see police as the enforcers of this lockdown, and I think that is something that is burning a century worth of goodwill. That's my pledge to you in the year 2021, is that we will not just tell the other side of the story, but we'll fight for the people that no one else will. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.